0: Are you ready? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Around the CFL podcast. Anthony here with you, and we are another week in the books for the 2023 CFL season. This week, we're going to take a peek at what happened in week four. We are going to look at the power rankings. And last week, we had the amazingly talented Emily Todd join us, where she talked about Football Ontario and the U18 national championships that are coming up in just a few short weeks. Today, we have Justin Tillery from Football Alberta, and he is part of the U18 national team for Alberta, who is the defending champions. But first, let's get to some news. The quarterback carousel continues in Edmonton. The Elks have made a decision to go back to Taylor Cornelius as the club's starting quarterback. The 27-year-old started the team's first three games of the season and completed only 61.5% of his passes for 440 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. He was then benched late in the club's week three loss to the Argonauts and replaced by rookie Jared Doge. Cornelius will be starting the game with Doge as the backup, and it looks like Trey Ford will be there in the third string capacity. Speaking of that Edmonton Elks carousel, the Hamilton Tiger Cats have signed former Elks quarterback Kai Loxley. The six foot four, two hundred and ten pound athlete completed five of eight passes for fifty yards and ran the ball fifty-five times for 122 and scored seven touchdowns over two seasons with Edmonton. He played mostly receiver as a rookie in 2022, starting 12 games while making 17 receptions for 247 yards. The Ottawa Red Blacks, who got their first win of the season over the said Edmonton Elks, announced that quarterback Tyree Adams suffered a torn ACL and will miss the remainder of the 2023 season. Adams sustained the injury and the team's victory. Uh, Ottawa did not reveal how the injury had occurred. The 26-year-old was making his first CFL start and finished the game 14-20 for 20 for 185 yards and one touchdown. He also had 31 rushing yards. The CFL has assessed a maximum fine against Edmonton Elks defensive lineman Jake Ceresna for his low hit on Ottawa Redblocks quarterback Tyree Adams this past week. The hit resulted in Adams suffering that ACL injury that we just talked about, which also had prematurely ended his season again in his first career start. The play occurred midway through the fourth quarter and resulted in Ceresna being penalized for roughing the passer. The maximum possible fine under the league's collective bargaining agreement is equal to one half of a player's game check. This marks the second time the league has assessed a maximum fine this year, with the first coming a week ago after Hamilton Tiger Cats strong side linebacker Chris Edwards shoved Montreal Alouettes receiver Austin Mack following their meeting in week three. And finally, it has been a long, painful road for Jeremiah Mazzoli, but Saturday, exactly a year after the fractured leg ended his 2022 Canadian Football League season in Week 5, it looks like Masoli will finally return as the Ottawa Red Black starting quarterback. And to add a little extra, Saturday's game is in Hamilton against the Ticats, the team Mazzoli played for from 2013 to 2021. We can't wait to see Mazzoli back on the field, and I personally wish him the best of luck in the game, and I can't wait to see what he's going to do. All right, that is it for the news. We'll be right back, and we're going to take a look back at last week.
1: As Adams goes to work on a bootleg here, takes the open receiver. It is Marco Dubois, the rare fullback catching off. Go Dubois.
0: The CFL season this week kicked off on Friday with the Edmonton Elks traveling out to Ottawa to take on the Red Blacks, and it was those Red Blacks winning 26-7 in the battle of the two winless teams. Marco Dubois just had that big 54-yard catch and run, which was the first touchdown scored at home for the Red Blacks this season. Of course, it wasn't all great as Tyree Adams did go 14 for 20, 185 in a touchdown, but he did suffer that season-ending injury. Tuggle had 17 rushes for 126 yards and a touchdown, and Dubois was the big star of the show for Ottawa with two catches for 58 yards and that big touchdown. On the other side, Jared Doge went 19 for 33 for 223 yards, one touchdown, but three interceptions. Brown had only seven rushes for 28 yards, and Brooks only had two for 13. There really wasn't much going on. The only highlight of the entire thing for Edmonton really was Maurice French, who had caught six catches for 74 yards, and he put one into the end zone. The Elks are now 0 and 4 to start the season.
1: Oh, more pressure coming. They blitz the corner. And again, he goes the opposite direction. Open in the back of the end zone. Touchdown, Bombers. Drew Wolotarski into on, the baby. end zone, and what now. What happened? Montreal's giving
0: up their first touchdown. Canada Day saw the Winnipeg Blue Bombers travel out to Montreal, where the game was delayed by about an hour and a half due to weather with the pouring rain. Once the game started, it was the Bombers taking on the Alouettes, and the Bombers coming off that shocking loss to the BC Lions took this one 17-3. The game opened up fairly quickly with Caleros tossing a 30-yard bomb to Wolotarski, and it was just all bombers from there. Caleros went 15 for 23 for 193 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Brady Oliveira had 20 carries for 119 yards, and his longest was a 16-yard run. Dalton Schoen had a great performance as well, 5 catches for 93 and a touchdown, and Wolotarski had 3 for 38 with a touchdown as well. On the other side, Cody Fajardo had 17 for 27 with a touchdown and an interception. William Stanback went 8 carries for 42 yards. And Julian Grant had 6 for 129 yards, no touchdowns. And that brings Montreal's record now, unfortunately, to 2 wins and 1 loss. While the Bombers are sitting with 3 wins and 1 losses as well. First and 10, pressure on, makes a move, gets away, and throws his. It's a half
1: dozen. Roberts and Daniels.
0: Monday Night Football in Canada saw the undefeated BC Lions traveling out to Toronto to take on the undefeated Argonauts. And in an absolute shocker in my opinion, it was the Argos taking the BC Lions 45-24 to in the Monday Nighter. We saw Vernon Adams Jr. go 24 for 39, 388 yards, three touchdowns, but six interceptions, including the one that we just heard going all the way back to the house. Mizell was very quiet on the ground, six carries for 22 yards. And then we saw Keon Hatcher return and had a great game. Eight catches for 104 yards. And we also saw Dominic Rimes back in the lineup as well. Three catches, 65 yards, and he had two touchdowns. On the other side of the ball, Chad Kelly with Uncle Jim watching along went 23 for 29, 249 and a touchdown. A.J. Ouellette. 14 carries, 70 yards, and a touchdown as well. Andrew Harris, fairly quiet. Three carries for nine yards. But it was just such an explosive defensive game. We saw a a bunch of sacks. We saw six interceptions, obviously. And, of course, the one that got ran back... The Toronto defense is really outstanding. Of course, so is BC's, but in this game, Toronto just took it to them to remain undefeated. So weird stat time in the CFL right now, especially for quarterbacks. This season, in the first four weeks, we have seen 34 touchdowns thrown, but we've seen 39 interceptions. The two top quarterbacks in the league right now, Vernon Adams Jr. has thrown for 1,249 yards, but he's got eight touchdowns and eight interceptions, while the number two, Zach Caleros, has thrown for 1,015 yards, and he's thrown seven touchdowns, but only two interceptions. But there is two quarterbacks out there right now that have more interceptions than touchdowns, and that is, first of all, number one, Calgary's Jake Mayer, who has thrown two touchdowns, five interceptions, And, of course, Hamilton's Bo Levi Mitchell, who has thrown one touchdown and four interceptions. This is a very weird season this year, not only for injuries, but also for quarterbacks and interceptions. Next up, let's talk some power rankings. So, right now, standings. In the East, the Argos are a perfect 3-0. The Montreal Alouettes are 2-1. The Ottawa Red Blacks 1-2. Hamilton, of course, 0-3. Moving into the West, we've got the BC Lions at 3-1. We also have the Winnipeg Blue Bombers at 3-1. The Saskatchewan Roughriders at 2-1. The Calgary Stampeder still struggling at 1-2. And the Edmonton Elks, of course, are sitting at that 0-4 position. So when I did my power rankings this week, I really felt that neither Edmonton or Ottawa, or even Hamilton for that matter, really showed enough to move them up. So, this week, the number one spot goes to the Toronto Argonauts, number two, the BC Lions, number three, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, number four, Saskatchewan Roughriders, number five, the Montreal Alouettes, still sitting at number six, the Calgary Stampeders, and then Hamilton Tiger Cats at seven, Edmonton Elks at eight, Ottawa Red Blacks still sitting at nine. So, I do know that some people had messaged on Twitter thinking that Ottawa deserved to move up in the rankings. But like I just said, I really feel like Hamilton, Edmonton, and Ottawa really haven't shown enough. This week, we've got the return of Jeremiah Masoli. And who knows what's happening in Edmonton this week and what quarterback or how many quarterbacks will touch the ball in Edmonton. I'm sure with another solid performance out of Ottawa and still seeing the same old, same old out of Edmonton, the Red Blacks will be moving up fairly quickly. The Under-18 Women's National Championship Tournament kicks off in Ottawa in just a few weeks. It was established last year in 2022 and is an annual showcase of the top U18 football players from across Canada. This year's event is from July 23rd to 29th, and joining me today is the Defensive Coordinator of the Defending Champions from Alberta, Justin Tillery. Welcome.
2: Thanks for having me, Coach AP. It's, uh, It's a
0: real honor. It's my first podcast, so I'm excited to be on here. Awesome. Well, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Okay, so the tournament started last year. How important is it to see women's football grow, not only in Alberta, but all across Canada? Oh,
2: it's absolutely huge. Uh, last year's tournament was a huge success. Uh, football Saskatchewan put on an amazing event. Uh, we had five teams uh, there. Uh, it was six aside, so not traditional 12 aside, but it was still nice to finally recognize the young female athletes that are coming up and enjoying this wonderful sport that we can you know we can all have an experience playing.
0: What was the process last year from I guess beginning to end being the first ever one that was held?
2: Uh, Last year's process it was uh, a little bit you know uh, out there Uh, so first we had our identification camp which we had about 40 athletes to 10 that started off in January Uh, then we had a Selection camp, right, and then we had our final selection camp, which it started off from forty, went down to thirty, and then we made our roster
0: of twenty players that went to Regina. Uh, you said last year it was six aside. What is this year? It's going to be this year. It's still six aside.
2: Uh, so hopefully, now that we have uh, Team Quebec joining us, uh, Team Ontario is actually sending a second team. Uh, and with the addition of the national indigenous team, that, you know, if we continue to grow this set next year, it could be hopefully nine aside. And then, you know, for years to come, like, again, get it to a full 12 aside, you know, full football.
0: Team Alberta won the tournament last year. How did it feel to bring home the first ever win?
2: Uh, it was uh, amazing, right? Uh, the players worked so hard, you know, that whole week we were out there faced a little adversity, uh, against Saskatchewan the first time, uh, we played them, but I think they rallied around that. And, you know, afterwards they were really excited to play and, you know, all their faces like after that final, you know, horn went to bring home a national championship was just, it was absolutely amazing.
0: With the tournament, uh, being fairly new, how was it received?
2: Uh, it was actually received quite well. Uh, I know when we played Saskatchewan in the round robin game, the U18 boys, they were having their uh, training camp at the same time. And, you know, the U18 SAS boys were all, they were rowdy, you know, in the stands cheering on, you know, the U18 girls. And then uh, after we won, uh, we got a message right from our U18 boys as they were about to kick off the Canada Cup saying congratulations on getting gold. So, you know, it was well received, you know, from both parents and from the U18 male counterparts.
0: What was different, I guess, going into year two from year one, I guess, starting from the very beginning?
2: Uh, so what was different this year is that we had a lot more uh, female athletes show up. Uh, you know, we went from 40 last year to just under 60 this year. So that's quite a jump, you know, from last year, and especially because a lot of the players they were like well we didn't know about it last year and so you know through social media and through you know football alberta and myself and you know other like-minded individuals promoting the sport and the tournament you know we were able to get 60 and then even this year with the new additions to the teams we were able to bump up our roster to from 20 to 22 players which doesn't seem like a lot but you know having those two extra players you know um, it's really nice. And then having those two extra players, you know, to be able to say, you know, I made a team that only carried 22 to represent
0: the province is is huge. When did the whole process start this year?
2: Uh, this year, registration is open just after the new year. Uh, we had our, this year was a little bit different. We actually had a North and a South camp with the, you know, just the number of new athletes trying out. So we had, a good showing at our North camp, good showing at our South camp. And then we were able to have our final selection camp on the June 3rd weekend. And that one, after that, we got together as a coaching staff and we picked the 22 players that were, you know, were taken to Ottawa and the team got announced. I think, you know, the Wednesday or Thursday afterwards. And, you know, I know all the players and parents were, you know, Excited and was waiting on social media at twelve thirty when they announced the
0: roster. So <laughs> that's amazing. Well, uh, tell me, tell us about the roster this year. Uh, this year's roster is actually, you know, it's a, it's
2: quite mixed. We do have some returning players uh, from last year's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, on defense especially, we have six returning players, which I didn't think I was going to have, but somehow I managed to have six returning <laughs> players on defense uh we still have some amazing athletes on on offense too uh some players you know that were on offense last year you know switched over to defense and were able to make the team but you know i think we're we're a pretty strong team again you know um and it's a lot of the athletes are very well coached and it comes from you know their respective programs whether they play uh high school ball in the fall with their uh guys team or we actually have quite a few uh, under 18 female teams in Alberta playing spring league. So it just goes to show that the sport is growing for female athletes all across the province.
0: Are there any standouts, I guess, uh, like player wise that you're excited to see play this year?
2: Uh, there, There's quite a few. Uh, there's, there's too many to name. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know uh, the one player that I'm really excited for, uh, her, her name's Charlie Ann. Uh, you know, last year she was, Unfortunately, one of the last cuts, um, but I told her, you know, like, keep working at it. You know, if you need any help, reach out to me. You know, she reached out to me for some drills and, you know, she's gotten uh, a lot better uh, this year and looks like a totally different uh, player. So, you know, I'm excited for that. Um, You know, we do have, you know, a good core returning, uh, such as our one linebacker, Emily Krause, who, in my opinion, I think she was one of the best players uh defensive players in the tournament last year uh I mean, she narrowly lost out getting that award to an amazing athlete from team saskatchewan uh who it was well deserved that she did get that um but she's returning I think, uh, a couple of returners as well are the uh the Beauchet twins uh from uh, peace river right there you know again amazing athletes you know I'm, I'm so excited for them uh we do have our quarterback uh Liberty Joe Ware returning, Um, you know, she looks just as good as ever. And our other quarterback, uh, Sarah, she, you know, can sling the rock. So, you know, we're we're looking, we're looking pretty strong, but I know the other provinces are going to be just as strong. So we can't, can't take any of them lightly.
0: When you're looking at these camps that are happening for when you're doing your selections, are you noticing that there's more athletes coming from certain areas of the province?
2: Uh, A little bit. Uh, We noticed that there's uh, more athletes coming from uh, the North camp uh, that we had, uh, you know, Edmonton area, just because there's more female teams around in that area. Um, You know, our Calgary camp, the numbers were a little low, but they do have, you know, a full league starting out with, uh, you know, the Calgary female Wildcats, um, the Okotoks female Eagles, uh, the Airdrie female Raiders. uh, And then the new team, the Central Alberta Fire Uh, that just started this year you know so they were able to get to their league final in their first year uh, playing so it's quite exciting to see not only the level of talent and the number of programs growing you know for this year but looking forward to the future as well.
0: Do you see it being more of a population issue or is it Uh, just, I guess, by city or municipality that needs to grow their awareness more, what do you think could be the issue with some of those smaller numbers coming out of smaller areas?
2: Uh, I think it's just getting the volunteers out there that want to start a a female football program in the spring. Uh, I know uh, myself down here in Lethbridge, we're in talks of starting our own team. Nothing official yet, but, you know, I think just having those core individuals that want to start there and say you know what let's have something for these you know young female athletes you know to enjoy a sport that is you know predominantly male dominated right i think it's key
0: how supportive is football alberta with growing women's football
2: i think they're actually really supportive with that uh you know they uh, you know definitely help out when whenever they can with especially with this camp Uh, I know they promote on their social media about uh, I know the capital district out of Edmonton they had uh, a couple camps where it was just like come and try football out right to get more young female athletes you know involved in the sport I know the Edmonton Elks right Tanya uh, Henderson uh, you know from the BC Lions she kind of helped spearheaded this whole program but you know, there's so many other great uh, women in football in the province. Uh, I know uh, Carly Dick down in Lethbridge, she's really helping push, you know, with the steel, uh, trying to get more female athletes involved in the sport. Uh, The Calgary Rage, you know, definitely they help out with their, you know, younger programs as well in Calgary. So it's definitely growing. I think, you know, Berta, you know, we're just a little bit behind, but I think we give it a, a little bit of time and Everything will, you know, be be good.
0: Well, I mean, if yeah, uh, if Alberta's a little bit behind and you won the championship last year, I think we're doing pretty good. Hey,
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. Like I said, the other programs and provinces, right? They they have such tremendous athletes and tremendous coaching. Right? I know uh, in Saskatchewan, uh, Coach Claire, right? she's a phenomenal coach uh, in Ontario. Uh, coach Mark and Coach Taylor. Uh, and Coach Kyle, right, they're phenomenal athletes in New Brunswick. Um, coach Nick Murray, right, the head coach there, you know, he's really pushing that, you know. So with the addition of Quebec, right, you know, it's nice to see that, you know, they have coaches from the Montreal Blitz program. That's really good out there, right, helping out with their under 18 program. So it's exciting to see what's going to happen with, you know, female football in the future.
0: How exciting is it for the first ever Indigenous team to be taking the field this year?
2: It's super exciting. I'm, I words can't describe how excited I am to see that. Uh, I know uh, Coach Fass, who's the head coach there, and Coach Dylan, uh, who is the head coach for the Northern Spirits. They were the first full female uh, Indigenous team uh, in Canada uh, to spearhead that. Like it's it's awesome to see. There's so many great young athletes there that you know just getting that exposure right is helpful and you know a lot of the times you know sometimes those programs might not get the funding for helmets or equipment or you know they you have to drive uh, you know an hour and a half or two hours to get to practice so you know for them to come together and say you know what we're going to put this national indigenous team to show that there are these great young female athletes it's it's just incredible
0: it is with uh with the tournament coming up here right away, so what exactly is your role because you said defensive coordinator, but it sounds like you're really more heavily involved in the whole program
2: uh, a little bit I mean coach Walter our head coach he's he's great like he's been putting in countless hours uh between him and football Alberta to help with our program uh, as we get closer to the date you know my role is to make sure our defense is ready to see you know what offenses we're going to be looking at right get prepared you know uh, our first game is, is a ringer we're we're playing saskatchewan first so uh you know it's not a an easy road it's uh you know we have to make sure all of our our ducks are in a row and making sure that you know we're, we're ready to go so but you know I, I i just i'm a big advocate for football like i love football love talking about it so any chance I could get involved with you know anything to help promote the sport, you know whether it be uh, on the guy side or you know the girl side, it's just it's amazing and it feels wonderful.
0: When does the team make the trip out to Ottawa? Uh, we do have our
2: mini camp in Edmonton on July 19th and 20th. Uh, we'll fly out on July 21st as a team, and then our first game is July 23rd against Team Saskatchewan
0: with the scheduling and the way it goes so is it similar to like hockey where there's a bit of a round robin and then you go into like the seating is that how it works for this as well uh no last year
2: because there was five we did a round robin and then uh, we did the seating games uh this year our first games are all kind of seating games to see how everything's going to pan out and then uh, we get placed in the pool so uh, there'll be two pools this year so a little bit different but all the games are still going to be meaningful, quite competitive, you know, games this year.
0: What are you most looking forward to this year?
2: I think I'm most looking forward to is just coming together as a team, you know, flying out there. And then I know last year, seeing the girls' faces—the very first time they saw their team Alberta jersey hanging up—like that was super exciting to see. They all had this shock on their face. So with some of the players returning, you know, they'll, won't, they'll still have that same experience, maybe a different number this year. Um, but really seeing that football, Alberta, Jersey hanging up there. Right. That's like, I get to wear this. I get to represent, you know, the province of Alberta. It, it there's no feeling like it. I mean, as a player, I never got that, <laughs>
0: uh,
2: <laughs> you know, I, I never got that chance, but you know, for these young ladies, it's a totally awesome experience. Right. And, You know, last year, besides winning the, you know, the national championship, it was it was just fun to be out there for a week with, you know, the coaches and just such great, you know, athletes and people.
0: So, of course, you know, it's a competitive game still. And, you know, nobody likes to lose. And there's got to be a little bit of even minor trash talking, even in in this type of a tournament. Last week, we had Emily Todd on, who is with Football Ontario, and she has been a big person in spearheading creating this whole tournament next week. We have uh Sonia coming on from the indigenous team. And then of course, team new Brunswick is coming up in a couple of weeks as well, right before the tournament. What would, what would the message be that you want to send to everyone that Alberta's coming?
2: coming? <laughs> uh, I don't like to trash talk too, too much, but uh, <laughs> I, I definitely think, you know, we're a well-prepared, well-coached, well-disciplined team. Uh, so, for us. And I know for everyone else, we got to bring our A game. Uh, You know, we just have to go out there, play Alberta football. And then, you know, whatever happens after that, if, you know, we come out, uh, you know, winning by one or losing by one, you know, we could confidently say, you know, we gave it our all and we're going to be the toughest team. You're going to play all tournament.
0: Where can the tournament be watched or can it be streamed? Is there any type of a way for people to watch?
2: Uh, Yes. Football Canada on their YouTube channel, right. We'll be streaming all the games, right. Uh, They did it last year. They did a phenomenal job uh, just like with the football Canada cup uh, that's starting in Edmonton on Sunday uh, and with the U 16 Eastern and Western challenge and the, you know, the senior flag tournaments, right. Everything is streamed on uh, football Canada's YouTube page. And, you know, like I said, they do a great job with that. You know, if you, have a chance, tune in. It's going to be some great games. Like I said, it's going to look a little different just because it's six aside, but it's still, uh, you know, some high intensity football going on.
0: We're going to be posting the YouTube link because I did see the link on football Canada. So I'm going to be posting it to my Instagram and my Twitter bio page to make sure that everyone can see it. Coach Hillary, thank you so much for coming on today. And after the tournament, come back on and tell me about the year experience in year two.
2: Thanks for having me, AP. It was great. And definitely after the tournament, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll have, a, you know, some, some nice uh, hardware to, to show off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Good luck and good luck to all the athletes.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you to Coach Tillery and the U18 team, Alberta Women's Nationals, going to Ottawa right away here. Next, we're going to take a look at the upcoming week. We're going into week five. Last week, we had Saskatchewan, Calgary, and Hamilton all on bye weeks. This week, it looks like it is just going to be the Argos. The week... Five kicks off on Thursday with Edmonton traveling out to Saskatchewan from the Elks taking on the Riders. This game for me, it's going to be Saskatchewan. I don't think Edmonton can figure out their quarterback problems fast enough. I just don't see Edmonton really doing anything right now to fix the problems that are happening. I don't see any solutions in the near future for the Elks. So for me, it is going to be the Rough Riders. On Friday, Calgary, the Peters go out to Winnipeg to take on the Bombers. And same kind of idea, Calgary's not quite as in trouble as the Elks are. But right now, Winnipeg is just too powerful. Calgary has the injury problem right now with Malik Henry being done for the year. Kadeem Carey is on the sixth game. Reggie Bagleton, thankfully, coming back. But of course, still with the issues happening and the injuries... It's gonna be Winnipeg. On Saturday, the Ottawa Red Blacks take on the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I am saying Ottawa for this one. I want to see Jeremiah Masoli come out and have a really great game for his comeback. I think that Hamilton is a good team. Don't get me wrong. But with Ottawa, I want to see them climb. I want to see them kind of battle back, and it's going to be Red Blacks. And then the week finishes off on Sunday as the Montreal Alouettes head out to BC to take on the Lions. And no surprise here, I am saying BC. They're going to be quite upset with the beating that they took in Toronto. They still showed some great signs in that game with Dominic Rhymes still scoring those two touchdowns, but I don't see VA going to throwing those six interceptions again against Montreal. So I am calling for the BC Lions to take this one. That is going to be it for us this week. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Around the CFL Podcast. And you can follow us also on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Google, Pandora, iHeart, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And please feel free to go ahead and leave us that five-star review. We are going to be back next week with Coach Sonia Rodi, who will also be joining us from the National U18 Women's Indigenous Team, as well as we're going to talk about what she did this year in the Women in Football program with the CFL. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you later.